Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 22nd, five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, Joe Scarborough on his MSNBC lifestyle show, uh, he had a lot to say. He explained why he believes that Donald Trump ticks every box when it comes to fascism. Oh! Yeah, he went through this New York Times article detailing what he described as uh, boilerplate aspects of fascism and that each trait applied to Donald Trump and his MAGA movement. You ever been in a relationship with someone unstable, Casey? <laughs> well, since we just had my husband on <laughs> a little bit ago, I don't think I should answer that. <laughs> but I do host this talk show every day from <laughs> 9 until noon. So I'm, uh, I'm going to let the audience be the judge on here, unstable or not. Here's, here's the thing about being being with someone unstable most people who are now unstable were not always unstable and there is and there's going to be some psychiatrist out there that's like you're giving the wrong terminology but for many people there's like a i'm just gonna use the term trigger point Mm -hmm. where something happens to them and there is a essentially a point of no return and who knows the brain is a very complex thing and who knows what that is and why that happens but for joe scarborough i mean keep in mind joe scarborough was once mm-hmm. a future rising star in the republican party he was part of the class of 94 the contract with america good looking dude mm-hmm. very conservative people saw him as a you know a future senator maybe even a guy who could run for president And he chose, which is certainly his right, and I took much the same path to get out of politics and go into media, and that, you know, that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And he was, he worked for a liberal network, which again, nothing wrong with that. Everybody's going to pay their bills. He was kind of the token Republican on a very liberal network, and he had to play in the sandbox that was created for him, and everybody's going to feed their family. But something happened with Donald Trump where he lost his mind. Now, I get that Trump said some mean things about the appearance of his wife um, and that she was the one who famously said she was bleeding badly from a facelift. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a point where Scarborough and Mika, Mia, Mika, whatever her name is. Mishka. Mi- no, it's Mika, isn't it? Mika Zizinski, because her dad was a very famous Democrat. Um, they hung out with Trump. They went to his, the whole tweet about the bleeding badly was from a facelift was because they went to his Mar-a-Lago for New Year's Eve or something. And something triggered with this guy and he has lost his marbles. Well, I think you hit it right there. Something happened possibly at that event. It, well. And the two were never the same again. But, but okay, but when you're in the public light, okay, so he made a snide comment about the guy's wife. And fine. Now, as usual with Trump, Mika or Mia or Misha or whatever we're calling her, unqualified and Scarborough, uh, legacy and Scarborough, whatever word you want to use, they started at first because they started 
she hates him. She's a she has been for her whole life, a, you know, a hardcore Democrat. Mm-hmm. And clearly, we know who wears the pants in that family. They went at Trump. Trump responded as Trump does, and now it's the you know Hatfields and McCoys. But there's one thing to be mad at a guy or not, you know, you're done with a guy. But he just says. As a member of the media who's on, it's cable, it's on broadcast television, but cable television, I don't know, 10 people watching MSNBC these days, whatever it is, he sounds like an unhinged lunatic. He said that people are going to poo-poo this and say, oh, he's just a far-left guy. And he said, no, I'm conservative. I'm on the right. And that there's a difference between conservatism, radicalism, and fascism, and that Donald Trump is fascism. Yeah, and this is where it's like, you know me, Casey, I'm never afraid to go at someone in the public light who I feel has let the taxpayers down. Let's let's like, like let's use Todd Rokita, for example. Rokita and I ain't going to be hanging out at the Bellagio anytime together, but I keep my criticism of Rokita to the confines of things he actually does either as a candidate for public office or as the attorney general itself. I don't believe... Todd Rokita is a fascist or a socialist or a communist or anything like that. I think he's a terrible attorney who has no business being attorney general. When when someone like Joe Scarborough says something like this, you're totally entitled to think Donald Trump has done a bad job as president, or you're totally entitled to think that what his, he plans to do is not going to work. But to be mums the word on Joe Biden, who literally tried to get you fired from your job unless you got a experimental, now largely proven ineffective vaccine... Oh, hey, all quiet on that one. But Donald Trump, he's the fascist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. And you lose any any ounce of credibility that you once had. OK, so you mentioned Todd Rokita. So let's just bring this up briefly. Oh, great. Because we've asked, when is he going to get involved with the Delphi murder? Yeah, absolutely. And news came out yesterday that Fran Gall, the, the special the judge, judge yes. that was assigned to the Delphi double murders case, is now suffering urgent medical condition and is not judging this case is wild. Yeah. Every Casey. every week, some new twist or turn happens. So when is Todd Rokita going to get involved? Well, look, at this point, given the fact that now that that transcript has been released in the, in the closed door conversation between the judge and these attorneys, Richard Allen has the entitlement to whatever defense he wants for people who are willing to work for him. And the fact that these attorneys are willing to work pro bono I don't see how this judge has a leg to stand on to tell if Richard Allen wants these people to join his legal team that he's not entitled and he can afford them by the fact that they're saying I will we will work for free every turn on this thing Casey if you believe even a fraction of what the defense submitted in that Frank's hearing and then the actions of this judge it appears to be a whole bunch of shenanigans designed to put this guy in prison and then you start saying well why are they going to these links to do this to this guy if he's so guilty just let the evidence come out at trial and prove it Mm -hmm. it creates and rightfully so a whole bunch of doubt in a lot of people's minds and this case is too important at the end of it take the theater and the shenanigans and everything out two little girls were brutally slaughtered and it's like the keystone cops out there and this judicial system appears to be a joke and somebody's got to step in and do something. Keep in mind, this has been going on since 2017. And wouldn't this be a perfect time for Todd Rokita, who now has a challenger, to step in and try to 
Get some closure on it. Right. And there are people who say, well, Rakita this, Rakita that, the attorney general this, attorney general that. I'm not disputing that there are limits to what Rokita could actually do in terms of Rokita can't just barge in there and go to the prosecutors. You will dismiss all charges against this guy. But he has full, I guess, all sorts of investigative powers. He has what I don't even know what the number of attorneys in the attorney general's office is now. It's 300 plus, plus attorneys yeah. at his disposal. And look, if you're going to waste time on things like TikTok and Facebook and all these other things. How about you use, I don't know, one of those 300 and say, you go get to the bottom of what the hell's going on in Delphi Mm -hmm. so that these little girls and their families can actually get some justice and there may be a totally innocent dude rotting away in prison. Okay, uh, didn't mean to get off topic here, so let's go back to Joe Scarborough from MSNBC. And here he is talking about Donald Trump being authoritarian. Yeah, have a responsibility to, to really to tune out the voices of of the haters of of the people that are constantly uh, double shilling and triple checking and shilling for him and suggesting Sick. that somehow they're being biased, bending over backwards, treating him like a normal candidate. He's not a normal candidate. He is running to end American democracy as we know it. He's an authoritarian who a, a court uh, in, in Colorado two days ago ruled that that he led an insurrection against the United States government. He's charged with leading schemes to help overthrow the United States government. So so if they want to frame it uh, that way, that's fine. If, if you want to be fair, if you want to be fair, then you will frame this. Uh, as uh, Joe Biden being the candidate that supports American democracy and Donald <laughs> Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here, this authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Boy, his wife must just be something in between the sheets because, man, he just sounds wholly pathetic and ridiculous right there, Casey. you got to wonder if he believes what he's saying. Joe Biden is a beacon of American mm-hmm. democracy, democracy and Donald Trump is for fascism. You're into the weaponization he's, of the government. He, you know, it's like if you went to the mental institution and you tried to have a conversation <laughs> with politics about somebody who is unfortunately forced to be housed there. I mean, that's what this guy sounds like. And it's like, dude, you are walking amongst us. What is wrong with you? Do you think uh, him and Keith Oberman, they have little get-togethers and just go (laughs) crazy together? I, I think a big part of it is a lot of people are internally miserable. And their internal misery, they look for areas by which to express their internal misery without owning their own internal misery. Keith Olbermann's a miserable human being. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is just a—I mean, you can just see it in his— like, do we get fired up about things here? Bad government? Yeah, absolutely. Are we passionate about it? Yeah. But you know what we do? We go home and have fun with our families. We get, we get it out here at the office, and then we go around, and we are smiling. We are happy. We are feel-good people. There is not much joy in the lives of the people that you, you when you're talking about Scarborough and Mika Mia and, and uh, Olberman, and it's just... It's pathetic. So, with that in mind, Casey, Mm -hmm. let's talk to someone who brings joy to all sorts of people, shall we? Yeah, Jay Baker. Yeah, the legendary Jay Baker, famously of the the Bob and Tom show, comedian, writer, all sorts of things. He's going to join us with some great indie radio memories. It's coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Questions I get asked quite a bit is why are you the way that you are? Mm-hmm. And there's quite a few. I wonder people, that often. There's quite a few people in this world who can take at least some partial credit for why I am the way that I am. And our next guest, in fact, is one of those people, my radio mentor, my radio hero. You know him from his many, many years as one of the stars of the Bob and Tom show, the great Jay Baker. Jay, hello. Hello, Robbie. I I feel bad that I influenced you because, you know, I feel like now you're shouting things into a microphone you don't really mean. <laughs> so, I've, I, you know, you there's a, a string of people throughout central Indiana, now across this country, who, you know, TV people, radio people, they've made their living like I have doing this because they were influenced by you. That's got to be a pretty good feeling. No, I, I appreciate it. It's funny you, you had even said that I influenced you because I my broadcasting career began with being influenced by everybody. Radio was so important. If you, I, I think you know people in a certain age group, you just can't even fathom it. But there was a, a part of America that was pre-internet. It was right after uh, the Lincoln administration, but. Uh, you know, it just, you know, radio was one of those things where people were relying on us to get them to school or keep them home or where to buy things or, you know, concert events. And, hey, this guy's got a new album. I mean, radio used to be the bomb, baby. So, yeah, uh, we were heavily influenced by people. So I'm glad. Good, better, and different, Robbie. I don't know how the experiment is turning out, but I had some influence on you. Uh, Jay Baker, our guest. So I got to admit that yeah, it's funny you said that because I did this the other the other night when I knew you were coming on the show. I uh, Facebook stalked you and l- was looking at some of your old Q95 photos that you put up. And it's just like, it was just a different world. Like, not just Q95, but we're going to have Je- you know Jeff Pigeon on the show later today, too. Like, you guys were just in a different world and radio was just a different, just a different mechanism back there. Gosh darn it, Casey, I feel like I was born in the, in the wrong time mm-hmm, period, mm-hmm. Jay. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate you saying that. You know, the one thing that I do look back on, and probably with the most amount of fondness, is that we were called upon to entertain. And we had good bosses who knew how to guide that. So it would be almost like the manager of a great rock band. Hey, you know, we don't want you to scream profanities into the mic. Why don't you sing that one piano song, you know? Uh, So for us, it was like, you know, we were being guided and directed, but we were also being relied upon. Hey, you need to go in there and, and you guys know what it's like. Sometimes you walk into that studio and there's just a microphone and a chair and you realize Hey, the next hour is up to me. Yeah. Jay Baker's our guest. So, uh, and I know you'll love this. I had a chance, we did, to interview Niels Lofgren, uh, the oh. guitar player for the, the E Street Band, and and uh, uh, Neil Young, a couple, this has been a couple months ago now, he has a new album out. And part of the instructions on the interview was you may only ask two Bruce Springsteen related questions <laughs> during this interview <laughs> with Niels Lofgren. I'm, I'm, and, I, you know, we were kind of j- joking that, well, he probably gets sick 
sick of every question mm-hmm. being about remember when Bruce did whatever. You're you yeah. have done so many great things, whether it's through comedy or writing or broadcasting. Do you ever get tired of people being like, remember when you did that one thing with Bob and Tom that one time? Well, you know, I would say that, yeah, maybe philosophically, but if you think about it for a minute, um, you know, we get so blessed to be able to be in front of people. And you know that we don't please all the people all the time. (laughs) I just I just view it as it was such a great honor. I mean, I know you wanted to drag me on here. I'm supposed to be an old rock jock. I'm supposed to tell you some acerbic (laughs) worldview. But uh I just, you know, I just feel like it's like that old phrase, you know, don't be, uh, you know, don't be upset that it happened. Just be glad it ever happened. Yeah. You know, uh, did I say it right? I probably you were close enough. Right. George Bush yeah, would be very oh, proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, I think it's yeah. don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I need to read off the teleprompter like our president. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, you have a Twitter account that is my favorite part of Twitter. It's Jay Baker Voice is your Twitter account. And uh, I love this, Casey, because Jay doesn't post uh, a lot on his own but he responds to other people's posts Mm -hmm. and they're just the greatest (laughs) thing ever uh i'm curious is it hard for a guy like you who used to be funny in hour-long blocks is it hard to do it now in 200 and what is it 240 40 40 characters characters, yes i actually kind of like the format i jokingly had said on a on a national show that I was on, I said, I want to be a a Twitter pundit. You know, I just want to be that, you know, that guy. But you and I know that it's hard to, it's hard to get recognized on Twitter for anything good or bad, you know? Well, and I'm just curious because you like me have a very uh, strong independent streak in your political leaning. So you rip on both sides equally. The world's going, the world's going to hell. Is it not? <laughs> yeah, it is, and we're all just enjoying the show. <laughs> hey, Jay, I've got a question for you. You know, they would say that you were an original influencer being on the radio. Yeah. But now everybody and their brother who has uh, the ability to buy a microphone has a podcast. What would you say to all of these podcasters and their newfound fame and platforms? Well, I think it's kind of shocking, and you raise a great point. It's like now, instead of thinking, I want to create something that's uh, so wonderful and compelling and that I have firm beliefs in, people are just going, what great grandstanding thing can I do? Uh, as You know, it doesn't appear to be very down to earth to me. There doesn't seem to be the backside content. And, you know, we, we do live in a world where kind of back to that, you get what is it, 15 minutes of fame per Andy Warhol. And, you know, most people burn through their 15 mm-hmm. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I am with you. Uh, I, I am from an era where broadcasting was, that was a little bit sacred. You didn't get on the airwaves until you proved you were uh, proven, like that you could speak the Queen's English and that you had a good voice. And you, you, you could come, say W. You could say W. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things. And so, yes, you're, you're very correct. 
the kid that goes to the Sweetwater catalog, orders a mic and a tape deck, look out. <laughs> you know, and, and so, by the way, Jay, uh, Casey also worked for the guy who used to scream at us over how we said W, so that's why she, <laughs> oh, <be> darn. <laughs> so she got the full experience. We all got hotline. <laughs> well, there's good owners, and then there's well-meaning owners i'll leave it at that uh jay baker is our is our guest so you met you touched on a great point casey i talk about this quite a bit a lot of these podcaster or influencer people who are funny on the internet for 30 seconds could never do what we do they could never do something like you did in the 80s and 90s where hey it's attention nazis that people still laugh about today or it's the love brothers (laughs) that people still laugh about today the whole media landscape has changed and maybe i'm just some old guy who yells at clouds but these podcaster influencer people don't have the fraction of the talent guys like you and Jeff Pigeon and Bob and Tom and Mark Patrick did. It's just not even close. Well, no, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, there's some substance to what you have to do. As you guys know, having a daily show, um, you know, you're, you're, you have to really look at how can I consistently bring what my audience needs and your audience doesn't need three hours worth of belly laughs every day. Your audience needs to actually be engaged. And so you guys are looking at engagement in the long haul. You can't just, hey, Casey, I'm going to jump off the roof. (laughs) And you push a mannequin onto the circle, you know. Uh, That would be a good bit, though. You You can't do that nowadays. And. B, Robbie knows not to get close to any high heights around other people. So, uh, I always tell this story, and I have to, Jay, because it was one of the most influential moments of, of my life. Um, so Jay, as I said, was kind of the guy who molded my radio chops. Jay took me under his wing when I was very, very young. Jay never gave up on me, despite the owners of the local station trying to fire me several times. And uh, Jay, I'm just going to tell this story. So Jay and I used to sit on Saturdays while he'd do his air shift, and he would mentor me on politics and mm-hmm. life and mm-hmm. everything else. And we were talking about Bruce Springsteen one time, and I said, Jay, man, this guy is just incredible. He said, everything it just touches me right to my soul in the river it's my favorite song and it's so touching and and just the end of that song is just so brutally honest and jay just deadpans casey looks at me and goes you know robbie sometimes people just write things down on paper because they rhyme (laughs) now go get me a soda (laughs) very prophetic it's true (laughs) jay man you are the best jay baker voice on twitter you are a legend in this industry thank you for all that you've done for so many people man and have a great thanksgiving hey you guys as well it was a pleasure it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc it's time to hear from you kendall and casey present voicemails brought to you by qc kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN phone 
number, 317-684-8444, if you'd like to contribute with the voicemails. And I want to remind everybody that uh, later on tonight, it's at 7 o'clock, we've got a special news presentation about the anniversary of the assassination of JFK. John Herrick is going to host that, actual audio clips from WIBC from 1963. It's going to be a great special, and uh, the Tony Kinnick cast will be airing at 8 o'clock tonight. Yeah, how cool is that? They're going to have actual... Uh, uh, actual clips mm-hmm. of WIBC the day Kennedy was assassinated. Now, we do have a follow-up question, Casey, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Hammer will agree with me on this. Yeah. How is it possible that we have stuff in our archives from 1963, Yeah. but I can't find the freaking clips of when Bobby Heenan was on with Dave the King Wilson? <laughs> what is going on here? Some things, I guess, are more important to save than others. I Somebody has made an egregious mistake, and it may be too late now because that was 30 years ago, but somebody needs to be held accountable. Okay, so that's later on tonight at 7 o'clock, and we invite you to uh, stick around and listen to that because it will be absolutely fascinating. All right, let's get to your voicemails. Uh, earlier, we were talking with Matt Eckert from Holiday World, yeah. and somebody yeah. somebody called and wanted to comment about that. Hey, love your show. Listen to you every day. Local dump truck driver here. If you guys are going to Holiday Splash and World Safari, I need to see uh, Casey in the bikini. Thanks. Have a good day. <laughs> That's for chosen eyes only. You never did come up with the standard to achieve, for audience mm-hmm. to achieve, to post the photo mm-hmm. of your bacular area mm-hmm. telling the audience they're number one. Yeah. You know what? Um, some you, you can't unring that bell. Some, some I think a lot of people would like to ring that bell. That's why I propose that we you come up with a standard. You just can't unsee, and our audience does not deserve that. Uh, okay, we were talking about uh, polling yesterday, yes. actually the past couple days, and how NBC News reporting that Donald Trump is leading in the polls uh, against Joe Biden for the first time in their history of yep. polling. And here's a phone call about that. Good morning, Kendall and Casey. One of your never Trumper listeners here. Just a thought I had while I was perusing the net. Um, people keep talking about how Trump is beating Biden in the polls when it's actually tied within the margin of error. But what people fail to realize is that populists always poll well. Yet they tend to lose elections very frequently. Okay, so it wasn't just one poll, and he is he is correct. It was within the margin of error, but that was one poll. Okay, if you had one poll, maybe. Right. But when you have two, three, four, and now five polls that all say the same thing, well, now this jigsaw puzzle is starting to form a big picture. And, and think about that guy. He feels compelled. Like, he needs to call the radio show and tell you, nuh-uh, you guys are <laughs> wrong. Like, can you imagine, ho- like, I mean, it's, it's a two-person race at this point. If Robert F. Kennedy Jr. makes it three, I think we all recognize that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not going to be the president of the United States. He's not going to cobble together 270 electoral votes. And if it were to somehow be thrown to the House of Representatives that somebody didn't get 270, they're not going to pick Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So assuming this guy lives in a realm of logic and reason, mm-hmm you're passionate about what you want Biden to be the president again. I mean, yeah, Trump's wacky and a lot of the stuff he does is ridiculous. 
and he shouldn't get a free pass on any of those things and he should totally be held accountable for them but i don't care who it is short of Dahmer or John Wilkes Booth running against Biden, how could you possibly not be for that person? Well, and the thing about uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is he's a disruptor. That's what he's going to do. He's not going to win. Well, but- and, and there's not been a single ad run against him yet. You wait until they start digging into the stuff he's you don't have to. He doesn't have a record, obviously, because he's never been an elected official. But the climate, I mean, he's a lunatic like him proposing just terrible things happen to people. It's not like I think this and I wish you thought that, too. He's proposing it proposed on camera that horrific, awful things happen to people who don't share his bizarre climate fetish. He is for repara- reparations. I mean, the dude has been without any. And this is another problem with these people who never get pushback. Like, remember when The Rock went on Rogan? Mm-hmm. Hey, Rock stepped in it on Biden, and he gets to chuckle and smile his way out of it, and Rogan's not really going to press him and on it. And then The Rock backtracked and said, well, no, 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 I don't have friends that are Biden supporters. I have friends that are Democrat Party supporters. And, and my point on this is when you're a Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and you've been doing this basically for 50 years because people want you because you have the same name and bury resemblance to your famous father, he hasn't been pushed back for all these years, but there are clips of him saying the stuff. So you don't hone your skills on how to logically debate and, and ferociously debate. And so he should be. You know my theory on it, Casey. Right now, anybody who's polling between 10 and 20 should be in every single poll. And if they're not, then it's not a legitimate poll. But I have a strong belief that by the time August or September of next year rolls around and the ads are being run against him, it ain't. It, it isn't gonna. It isn't gonna go well because he's a he's a maniac on a whole bunch of it's stuff. It's not gonna go well for him. Right. Okay. So you were saying at one point, I don't know, you were lamenting on how broke you are and how you <laughs> don't make any money, and the world's smallest violins were playing for you. And I think at one point you said you were considering donating blood. Uh, well, not currently, but I mean, mm-hmm. there were at various phases of my life, yes, where I did consider donating blood and plasma, because I think plasma is where the money's at. Kev's well, nodding in agreement. Yeah. Kev strikes me as a guy who had some had some priorities that he wanted funded and, and thought, you know, putting a needle in his arm to help others might be the best way. I, I've never donated plasma myself, but I had a friend that used to donate plasma in college. I so got a car- use I, that to help pay for college. I got a card one time because I I, I gave uh oh, I'm sure it was because I gave Remember the time I gave were you here when I gave at the state house and the lawmakers kept cutting me in line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm sure when I did that, I went to the because state house. Because they're more gave, important yes, than you. That's right. Yes, yeah. their blood is is better than my blood. Mm-hmm. Um that I got a card from one of these for profit agencies and it had the list of what they pay out on blood versus plasma. And plasma was more. Yeah, they probably thought, well, hell, if the sucker will give it for free, think of what he'd give if we paid him. And the plasma was markedly more. Okay, somebody called and had a question, actually, about why is plasma worth more? Hey, good morning, Rob. Good morning, Casey. Hey, uh, one of your broadcasts, you were talking about donating blood. My question to you is, why do they pay big money for donating your plasma, but they don't pay for donating your blood when you always hear about critical blood shortages, uh, certain time of the month or certain time of the season. So I was just kind of curious if a listener out there would know the answer uh, to that. Um, I saw where you can make up to $800 a month donating your plasma. 
So why isn't they do that for blood also when you need it? If you need it when you go to the hospital, you're going to pay through the nose for it. So anyway, I was just curious. Thanks. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Okay, so I did a little bit of research on this, and I found out that the reason blood plasma costs so much more is because plasma is 90% water, and extracting the protein required means that it requires 100 to 130 plasma donations to treat one patient. And also, whole red blood cells are too fragile to undergo the same kind of processing. Yeah, and, and so therefore it takes greater effort to I, get the plasma versus blood. I have a friend. I'm trying to remember how I did this and decided not to do this, but I have a friend who's. I think this is this has been obviously a year and a half or two years ago or however long you've been here now. Uh, that that worked in the medical community, and they told me if you give plasma consistently, though, it will really zap you, and it can mm-hmm. have some pretty serious physical ramifications if you're giving consistently in a way that you're trying to make money off of it. All right. We had a phone call about um, John Fetterman because we've been asking actually quite a lot recently what's going on with him. He seems to have changed his tune yeah. on a lot of things. So here's the question. Yeah, this is Angelo, the force conservative in Carmel. What's up with Fetterman? I can tell you. He's looking to take Joe Biden's job. (laughs) Goodbye. So I don't think he necessarily aspires for that job or in reality thinks he could ever attain that position. Mm -hmm. What I do know, and we've talked that maybe, you know, he had the stroke and he's had a change of heart. That's your theory. How fragile life is and how ridiculous his woke policies have been. But here's a real answer. The guy wants to win re-election and knows that he has to, at some point, go back towards the middle. Yeah, but, okay, again, and this is, I guess, turned into a theme of our pre-Thanksgiving show, trying to trying to decipher why a crazy person does something is like trying to argue with a crazy person. Mm-hmm. There's just no, there's no rhyme or reason for it. I used to have fun sparring with people, random people, on Twitter, on Facebook, and then as I near 40 years old, I think of all the time I waste, and I get a little bit of a chuckle out of it, but it's just a colossal waste of time because oftentimes you're sparring with people who are not of the right frame of mind, and as such, it like you're not going to change anybody's mind. So trying to understand it or look, I, if I can't change your mind on this radio show that's heard by tens of thousands you're of people not every do it on Twitter, right? Exactly. So I've largely just stopped doing that. Now every so often, if it's a politician or somebody like that who has actual influence over me, society, whatever, then I might have some fun with them. But largely, I've stopped doing it because. Who knows? He could change his mind tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's The man is not well. He's clearly had a serious medical episode. So trying to understand it or decipher it or figure it out is a fool's errand. Um, you may do it on Twitter, but it's really just to entertain yourself at this point. Uh, yeah, and it's become less and less entertaining because it's almost I've, the older I've gotten to, I realize people elevate themselves by corresponding with me because while I have a platform where tens of thousands of people every single day hear me and know me, why would I fight with a guy who has a hundred followers and the picture's an egg on Twitter? Like what, what does that, (laughs) what does that do? I mean, it's just, so I've just largely stopped doing it. All right. We've got a hammer. Who's going to join us next. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning, 10 minutes away from 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. Hey, surprise, Nigel's off today. What? <laughs> what? You mean to tell me that Nigel is not going to be at work today? How does he get away with this? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, Rob, you and I are kind of the same here. We actually care about our jobs. <laughs> we care about our listeners. We try to only take the minimum vacation yep. days necessary to, one, stay married and take care of our families. <laughs> and number two, build the shows up yep. because it's ratings, period. Yeah. Nige, on the other hand, no, 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 no. It's all the days off during ratings period, which is probably why I have back issues from carrying this radio program all the time. But what you and I are going to do, Rob, yeah. is we have use it or lose it vacation time yeah, that's banked up. So like from the middle of December to January 2nd, we're both off. Yeah, so I guess we do need to update our audience. Yeah. After a long talk with upper management and finagling both ways, we, we have come to an agreement, and I will now leave the 11th after the 11th of December mm-hmm. instead of the 1st uh, of December. month, yeah. So, yes. I'll be off the 14th of December to January 2nd. Okay. So, all right, so Hammer, you and I, uh, this will shock our audience, we used to drink a lot. Used? <laughs> <laughs> right. Somebody's not using past tense. That's cute. Like, um, imagine the show that I'm on. I'm not the drinker. Yeah. Like, that's Nige, right? I know. You know, raging alcoholic. But <laughs> I still, like, to quote Toby Keith, I'm not as good as I once was, yeah. but I'm as good once as I ever was. <laughs> and so, you and I, let me rephrase that. We used to drink a lot in public around other people, including people we knew and strangers alike. Bosses, family members, police, yes. Rob, you're embarrassing yourself again. Jason, put some (laughs) pants on. (laughs) With true story, you once got liquored up and started marching down the highway and slept in a ditch. So I was at Ball State, (laughs) and I had heard that, you know, the bars had already closed down. This is like 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's fall, so it's probably 50 out. It's a little rainy, but that's okay. I wasn't ready to go home, and I had heard that there was an after party in Anderson. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> You'd heard this is the pre-internet days. Yeah, there were rumors of an after party in Anderson, and I had enough liquid courage to try to hitchhike there and <laughs> didn't quite make it. Decided that I better lay down in a watery ditch before I get uh, arrested for public intox here and uh, <laughs> slap it off a little bit. But the point of all this is when, when we were doing this on the regular and so i guess for the regular for me it would have been until about 31 or 32 thanksgiving the night before thanksgiving was the the drinking day Mm -hmm. so thanksgiving eve and new year's eve saint patrick's those are the big three of like getting your drink on right now kevin is here kevin get on the microphone i was talking to your producer last week about this because you know i'm past the age where I go out the night before Thanksgiving and do the things. But Kev is substantially younger than I am. And I asked him, is the night before Thanksgiving still a big party night for people of your age? And what was your response? Well, 
I, I'm honestly not sure because when I was in college, it was, and but now I feel like I've kind of aged out of that period. He's twenty eight. He's out. aged out. He's twenty eight. You look I'm, much younger. Yeah. I'm, I'm very unlike uh, Rob, who looks way older. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very seasoned now, <laughs> but still younger than Rob. Well, so and I think part of it is because it used to be, you know, it was cars to the wall, shoulder to shoulder traffic in Broad Ripple. It was just you couldn't find anywhere to go. You couldn't move. All the, your friends coming home exactly. from various locations. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Your friends are coming home and in college it was like people were in other states, other cities. Yep. So but, it just seemed more common. But I think in the internet era and especially as this has evolved, like you would not see people. We had the internet when I was in college but there was no... Social I mean, media. There was, there was the early inclinations of... Uh, the early incarnations of Facebook, etc. But you did engage with people the way you can now like and all right. the and all the women were out on the on thanksgiving mm-hmm. oh Eve. yeah they were ready to get loose and the juice was loose <laughs> well they wanted to show how hot they were exactly. they went away to college and then they wanted to come exactly. back and show and and you, you know, know she you pr- missed out on. hopefully she right. had had some bad breakup a week or two before with her boyfriend <laughs> of course, it was always a week or two before. maybe she gave the freshman 15 and she doesn't feel good about herself uh, right <laughs> but now in the world where <laughs> That's right. And that's where you come in <laughs> to help her feel better. Yeah. Right. And, and work off that freshman 15. You know, I'm a gentleman. That's why I came. Yes, yes. But I think in a world now, and Kev, you can correct me if I'm wrong, where you can instantaneously interact with strangers and friends alike. There's not the lure of, I must go out and be a part of this scene. I must find out where this action is happening. I must reconnect with people i just think the the social media apps and what are these the hinge or bumblebee or whatever they're called like they've just eliminated the need for that i think covid also kind of put a kibosh on it too i feel like people aren't as amped about going out and meeting others is that really though like is that really the thing like if you go to broad ripple tonight and it's not packed is it because of covid really well, it changed behavior. I think what he's saying is it changed b- behavior patterns. And once you get people out of behavior patterns, there's now a whole generation of people who are entering that age mm-hmm. where you'd be doing this. 21, so 22, the same yeah. people willing to sleep with random strangers yes. in their college campuses now want to make sure that they're safe by not going. Yes, that's out correct. The, the public education system at work. I yes, absolutely. Also Gen Z, they don't drink like previous generations yeah, did yeah. like it's it has to be intentional for them i mean there's a couple college age kids in here noah and jack like you know do, do you guys go no he's shaking his head no i think it's a generational thing i think you lose a little bit of the i'll drink you under the table every generation because like the generation above <laughs> us right <laughs> like the boomers and then the, the greatest generation before that like i'll take them in any sort of drinking competition <laughs> what's coming up this afternoon hey we're gonna have a fun show but hey buy tickets to our mm-hmm. bowling event red, red white and bowl. white and bowl presented by jack daniels we're raising a crap ton of money for yeah. better Three hours of bowling, food, drinks, Jack Daniels, beer sample Friday, prizes to give away, tickets on sale, WIBC.com. And if you want more information, go to the Hammer and Nigel Twitter page. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hello,